Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio inside the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. It's time for Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. We are the cornerstone of security in the Southeast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. I'm your host once again, Rick Strawn, the president of Paradigm Security Services, and we're excited to be with you today on Business Radio X. We are coming to you from the Subaru of Gwinnett Atlanta studio, located in the beautiful Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel in Duluth, Georgia. Each week, as you know, we plan to feature businesses in the Atlanta area, especially those that serve Gwinnett County. And that includes businesses that are outside Atlanta but do a lot of business in Atlanta. While all businesses have security concerns, we're not, not all are about physical security, and we will touch on that and all related aspects of security through the course of each show. Our guest today, we have to have Stephen Letko. He's Counselor of the President for the Wellbend Corporation, which is actually based in Chicago, Illinois. Um, Steve, I appreciate you coming in. I'm looking forward to talking. We're going to talk a little bit about trade and how it's going and what the what's going on in the United States and the world overall today, aren't we? It's a major topic nationwide. Absolutely. Well, the Wellbend Corporation is the largest North American domestic manufacturer of belt welding fit, fittings and forged steel flanges required by the construction and energy industry, energy industries. I'll get it straight in a minute. Wellbend products include carbon steel, high yield, and low temperature fittings and flanges. The main thing is that they're put in, in construction all over the world. And a lot of that construction, of course, a lot of construction going on in the Atlanta area right now is it's just on an uptick. And it's been on an uptick now for about two to three years. It's just on the, on the rise. So let's talk a little bit uh, about, first let's, let's talk about who is Stephen Letko. Uh, how did you get to where you are? What brought you into the business? And just a little bit about you personally. Well, I started off uh, in uh, St. Louis, and I uh, was working for a company called Midwest Piping and Supply, and uh, they sent me through undergrad and grad school, and I spent most of my younger career with them until I had an opportunity to uh, buy a company here in Atlanta. That company was named Dotson Steel Products, and we were a master distributor of pipe valves fittings and flanges and my career went on until I sold the company about uh, 12 years ago and then got involved with the Wellbend Corporation whom I've known for years and the owners of it. It's a close family company. Uh, They do a tremendous amount of business and it's all domestic material and they are the largest domestic manufacturer in North America period Uh, and uh, they just got finished uh, investing another twenty million dollars in their business in the in their Chicago facility. Wow. Well, you know, there's a USMCA United States Mexico Canada agreement that's been in the news a lot lately. And uh, you know, can you give us some reasons why it should or shouldn't, however you however your position is, uh, be ratified by the Congress? Yes, uh, I do sit on a trade advisory committee with the federal. Uh, uh, the the Commerce Department, Federal Trade Commission, and I've read that uh, agreement cover to cover, but there's certain things I can't tell you because of restrictions that I have on secrecy. Of course. 
but it is up to Congress for ratification. And there are a couple of reasons that I urge you to get in touch with your representative and your senator to vote for this thing positively. There's been, on under NAFTA, it was an open license for circumvention, bringing material in from low-cost countries, primarily China, bringing in through a surrogate country and then into, into uh, Mexico, into a Macadora, changed the crates and sent it in the United States totally tax-free. And this uh, agreement right now has addressed that problem. It gives a platform for immediate uh, action if you find somebody in noncompliance. And before, the t under NAFTA, it's quite expensive to get the lawyers in place, and it takes about a year to even get your case heard. Wow. This one, it is expedited. It immediately gets heard. That's S a big difference. The other point is that they um, have a very tight uh, requirement for country of origin. It must be on the paperwork that comes in. If there's a violation there, there is a very stiff penalty and a high tax. Well, you know, I'm, I'm all for these companies out there and paying the taxes coming in because, you know, we sure have to pay them going out. You know, it, it, it's been in the, you know, there's a lot of oohs and ahs and, and for and against on, that na on the uh, trade agreement. But everything that I've seen and everything I've read on it has really... It's a positive for the United States, so. It's a positive for both sides. Well, it yeah. Really uh, yeah, it, it balances it out, mm -hmm. which is part of the whole idea is let's get this stuff, uh, let's get some fair trade instead of just, you know, trade. Um, let's see, how about the need for critical industries to be supported by the government utilizing tariffs mandated for the use of domestic products in government facilities? Now, that's a mouthful, so <laughs> I'll let you kind of go into detail on it. Well, that act goes back to 1933, prior to World War II, and that uh, was the Buy America Act of 1933. And it really focused it on articles that were produced from uh, offshore manufacturers and then brought in to be used in our defense industries. Well, when that supply chain got cut off, we had to switch our manufacturing from automobiles to tanks and, and armor and, and airplanes and, and ships. That subsequently was replaced by the Section 232 of the Trade Expansion Act of 1962. And under that, the President has the authority to regulate imports that are coming in and are detrimental to our defense of the United States. They are critical industries, not only steel and aluminum, but several other industries that are critical for our Defense Department. So he authorized, the President Trump authorized Wilbur Ross to uh, research and see which industries were completely uh, affected by the imports and what he resulted in is we've lost our capacity to produce steel. And we exported that to all the way around the world, but primarily cheap steel from China. And he placed a 25% uh, uh, import tax on it, and he's threatening another 25%. As a result, the, our steel industry is now coming back. And it is critical for the United States to have a solid steel, aluminum industry, and even our technology industries. We can't export a lot of our expertise. 
Uh, these are really required. Uh, U.S. Steel has just announced for their uh, 2019 CapEx budget $1.2 billion in new investment. And Nucor, which is right next door to us in Alabama, they uh, put up $1.8 billion in their 219 CapEx well, That's program. a billion with a B. With a B. <laughs> wow. It's a lot of, that's a lot of investment and stuff. It's a lot of investment, but a lot of employment, too. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's a big thing that people, they tend to forget when they're talking about a lot of these is, is the increase that it creates in employment. Mm -hmm. uh, the jobs as they're coming back with the steel industry are amazing. And they're coming back tenfold every time you turn around. So, you know, it increases. Our, and one of the reasons why our economy is doing as well as it is is you've got the increase in all these jobs that are that are coming out now, and the employment unemployment level going down so fast, as, or went down so fast, and where it is now, the where when you really get down to it, most people that really want a job have a job. And uh, and that's good, and there's still more jobs being created all the time. We've got new jobs coming into Gwinnett County on a regular basis from major corporations that are pulling in here and setting up headquarters. It's just a, an awesome thing to see. Well, as far as the, um, you know, can you give us a few of the positive effects of the tariffs imposed by the administration and trade negotiations other than just, say, the part on the steel and aluminum? Some of the positive uh, effects is that we're bringing new jobs back into the United States. Uh, look, look what's happened in the automobile industry. Around the southeast, there's tremendous investments now. Toyota's coming back in. They're going to employ an additional 4,800 people, and it's, I believe it's Tennessee. Uh, it's just they're, they're making it more product, more uh, uh, profitable to be here in the United States than the import. And if you look at our import taxes versus their import taxes on U.S. produced, it, it is a, it's, it's not fair. I mean, it is totally out of balance. If you buy a car, a U.S. car in Japan, you pay a tremendous import tariff. When they bring a car in from Japan here, it's 5%. That's a big difference. That's a big difference. Well, you you know, it makes a big difference in the cost of the car, but then by the same token, you know, it makes a big difference in the overall, not just profits, but people, you know, they have a, a lot of times they look down on the idea of companies making profits, but those profits go back into the company, create more jobs. It's not just like, you know, it's like my company. Yeah, we make a profit. We're in a business to make a profit. If we don't, we're not in business. But the majority of our profits go back in either to the business. Well, they go back into the business because a lot of paying our employees is going back into the business. So we're able to get more employees. We're able to pay the employees better. So in, in they're able to spend their money. I mean, it's just a, it's, it's a snowball effect, I guess, what I'm looking for. Well, it also it, it helps us uh, on the domestic market by our quality of material is much uh, more improved than the uh, cheaper imports that are coming in. Uh, just in our business alone, you, uh, we see materials coming in from China at 40% below our cost. Uh, and uh, say, how do they do that? That's a finished product. Look at the cost of the worldwide steel. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. But then 
you get a buyer that says, oh, look, at there's 40% spread between domestic and foreign. I'll be a hero. I'll buy that. On the back end of it, you got to put it into production and fabrication, and you lose that 40% because it doesn't fit up. It's out of plane. It's not round. And what is the liability to that if they don't meet truly the specifications that you ordered to? See, that's that's a big thing is mitigation. Mm-hmm. You know, liability is a big thing. You know, yep. that kind of tags into, you know, it's a security issue in a lot of ways. You've got sure safety and security when, you're, when you don't fit into specifications. And you go ahead and manufacture that stuff anyway. Then what happens when it fails? You've got, you've got liability that goes crazy. Uh, the safety of people is, in a, is at risk. So there's, there's a lot of things that come into that and wipe out, like you say, wipe out that 40% real quick. There's current litigation going on now for, as an example, uh, an offshore company bringing in what was supposed to be heat-treated flanges for a low-temperature uh, application. And uh, they were selling them at uh, non-heat-treated prices. And in, after investigation and some uh, destructive testing, it has been determined that those flanges were never heat-treated. Yet they're going into high-pressure services, such as Georgia Power, Colonial Pipeline, and if they rupture, the supplier is responsible for it. Wow. There's a liability, the safety factor, and the security factor. Well, you know, it's stuff like that that really makes you pause mm-hmm. and really think about, you know, do I really want to... And one of the things that I argue about with people all the time is when you when you go the cheap route and you try to save that couple of bucks by cheaping it out, you pay for it in the long run. That's correct. Well, <laughs> tell us a little bit, on a sidetrack here, about uh, Wellbend Corporation. Tell us a little bit more about that and what they do and, and how they get involved in not just the production, but in the overall system itself as far as uh, the industry that's what I'm looking for and how they get involved in that and trying to produce better outcomes for people well the Wellbend corporation is 60 plus years old and it started off as a supplier and the owner at that time found it more lucrative to be in the manufacturing business so he he started this corporation and uh, named it the the Wellbend and they were it, they started the corporation in Chicago and it grew over the years and as you mentioned before they threw their uh, their money back into the business and he had a philosophy that he never went into debt so when he expanded he paid for it in cash well now that has come up now to a major corporation. The third generation is now starting to take the business over. And uh, Mr. Coolis is the president now. He is the son of the founder, and he's taken this company to an absolute new, new level. They, are the, they have the state-of-the-art manufacturing uh, equipment. They produce materials in the carbon steel that you see in regular buildings, uh, air conditioning systems. Uh, they build a high-yield material that goes into Colonial Pipeline or uh, the major pipelines around the United States and, uh, the, and the low-temperature materials that go into uh, uh, 
cold areas and low temperature materials are also used where there's earthquake requirements. There's gravities that you have to meet. That means the steel is more malleable. Uh, they uh, sell solely through distributions and one of the largest distributors here in the Atlanta area is Ferguson Enterprises but we also sell to several of the other dis distributors. Their policy is the same price for everybody. They d deliver a high quality uh, product. They've invested heavily in, in uh, destructive testing and their, and their quality uh, assurance program and they stand behind their product. If you have a problem, there'll be somebody there from Wellbend immediately, and the buck stops in Chicago. You don't have to go overseas. Awesome. Well, I know that uh, I know that you're involved, but does the company involve itself in trying to make sure that the standards for the industry that do they get involved in that anyway? Um, and that's just off the top of my head. I'm just wondering. They're in every code committee that's. Uh, pertinent to our product. And I mentioned litigation about an offshore manufacturer bringing in material that was not heat treated. Mm -hmm. uh, they are behind that litigation along with other people out of Texas. Awesome. I know that you sit on a lot of boards. Right. Um, can you kind of tell us about some, just some of the boards that you sit on? Well, I do sit on the Federal Trade Commission on, on a uh, group called ITAC-5, which is Buildings, Materials, and uh, Metals. Mm -hmm. I sit on the Board of Directors of the PVF Roundtable, which is a uh, 501c3 corporation uh, domiciled in uh, Houston. Primary purpose there is raising scholarships for the trades. And uh, I sit on the board for uh, the Mechanical Contractors Association, that's the National Association. We have a local one here. Uh, and I sit on the uh, supplier side of the equation. But if you're a supplier or a mechanical contractor in that organization, your vote is equal to everybody else. I think you just got back from a, a convention out yeah. where in Vegas or? Uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. Scottsdale, Arizona. Mm -hmm. And that was with the mechanical. That was the mechanical contract. That's their annual convention, right? I think they do. Do you see anything new coming down the pike? Anything that's being developed or has been developed that's maybe not? Well, number one, the out, outlook for them, economic outlook, says 2019 is going to be a pretty good year. It started uh, very softly, but if you look at the weather pattern and what we went through uh, in January and February, that's what slowed everything down. But what they see in the pipeline is a lot of work coming. And uh, new projects are being almost announced daily, I mean, locally and nationwide. Well, that's fantastic. I know the economy overall, like I said, is, is doing extremely well. And when, when corporations and industries such as the one that you're in mm -hmm. prosper, that means that the, the other stuff that it's going into are booming too. So as the suppliers boom, the, the producers boom and suppliers boom, the people that consume the uh, product is has got to be booming too. So that is awesome. Now, you just brought up something about sitting on a uh, one of the boards that on uh, training or education. The need for the return for vocational training to the high school curriculum has gotten a lot of a lot of push in the last few years and is really 
done well. Can you talk a little bit about that and the need for it? Well, you mentioned uh, being at the MCAA convention. Uh, one of their uh, initiatives is their uh, Mechanical Contractors Educational Foundation. And they work very closely with UAW. And they are sponsoring a, a lot of scholarships for people that need to get into the trades. They recognize the fact that not everyone is college material, either by uh, their education. Or traditional college. Yeah, traditional college. And uh, maybe they don't want to go that way. But exactly. there's a he heck of a lot of opportunity to make a lot of money in the, in the trades, the skilled trades, a uh, journeyman welder. And you can become a journeyman welder within a year or so. Can make up to $250,000 a year. That's awesome. A plumber, a journeyman plumber, they can make that kind of money. And people coming in from distressed areas, the inner city areas, they're providing scholarships for these kids to get into the trades and pull themselves up into a new economic plat uh, uh, platform. That's awesome. Yeah, I know that the, there's a lot of push and a lot of success in Gwinnett County school systems with uh, focus on those trades and getting these kids, because you're right, a lot of kids you know, everybody for years, it was the push of, well, you're not going to get a job. You're not going to have an income. You're, you're just a nobody if you don't go to college and get a four-year degree or a six-year degree or get your doctorate, master's, whatever. And some of these kids, they're just not interested. They may even have, you know, they may even be able to do it, but they're not interested in doing it. They're interested in working with their hands. They're interested in working with a trade, and that's the opportunity. One of the sad things in, in our public schools is they don't teach them the basics anymore, uh, reading, writing, and mathematics. And all of those things are related to getting into the skilled labor. And if you don't have that base, you got to learn it and then learn the skill on top of that. But they, uh, the, our federal government pushed everybody into everybody needs a college education. That's not true. And it's showing right now. Right now, one of the most critical things facing any industry is the ability to get skilled labor. Building trades here in, in uh, the Atlanta area or in the southeast, tremendous need for talent. And that's why we're going to all of these uh, scholarships to, to bring people into the business because it, it can cause delays in major projects because you just don't have the people to get it done. There are two major pipelines coming down that are critically important to converting uh, old coal plants to gas-fired plants. They don't have a pipeline to get down here uh, to for bringing the gas into There's a dozen of them for Duke Power. That is a critical thing, but that, that requires, in the two pipelines alone there, 27,000 skilled laborers. Wow. And they're having a hard time finding them. Well, and, you know, I think that is one of the, the biggest things that I see. You know, I'm, I'm personally involved with Gwinnett, Gwinnett, so that's where I'll keep my focus. Is mm -hmm. I see in the Gwinnett school systems there's a, just a big focus on all of the STEM stuff and, and, and doing the things, not just with that, but in, the, in just all the trades, to really get that developed so that we have those skilled workers, and those skilled workers can really make good incomes. 
they sure can. Now, is a private industry uh, working hand in hand with the uh, group, uh, the school system? That I don't know, but uh, it'd be an interesting thing to find out. I used to be involved with the DeKalb uh, County School System years ago, and we had a group called Partners in Education. Mm-hmm. That Partners in Education would get financial aid from the private industries to promote programs for training. And I don't know if that's a factor in the Gwinnett system or not. I don't know, but that is something very interesting to check out because there's so much, there's so many avenues that they could reach out to to get that, mm-hmm. uh, that it would be a benefit without a doubt to me. So sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> um, we've already talked about the skilled labor in regard to the general construction refinery and pipeline industries and all, but what the industry is doing to address the critical issue of skilled labor shortages overall, what is your industry doing? We're promoting scholarships, like I mentioned before. The scholarships are absolutely critical. They're, we're able to reach into cities like Houston and, and Louisiana, the, the major cities there, St. Charles, those areas. That's the big energy capital of the world right now. Right. And they're experiencing the same thing that I mentioned about the pipelines, the shortage of these critical industries. Plus, you got the kids that are coming up in those areas that don't have the financial means to even get into a trade school. These scholarships from the national level, which is the MCAA, and from the local level at PBF Roundtable down in Houston, we're reaching out, giving scholarships to these low-privileged people to pull pull themselves up to an economic level that's sustainable for a good income. And they can make a lot of money. Well, yeah, and you mentioned Louisiana. Are you are you particularly active in the Atlanta area yet, or is that coming? Or we're at, we're looking for any opportunity to, to work with a trade school and set up a scholarship program, oh. or be Atlanta, be Detroit, or Chicago, or just anywhere that it's required. Well, it sounds like uh, somebody in that position might ought to kind of check you out and look you up and see what they can do about getting on your radar. <laughs> well, that they got my website. I think you got it here. Well, we're going to get all that out. <laughs> you, know, the, um, you know, the biggest thing that I see is the desire to help out and the desire to give back and work with these kids and create, you know, just an overall better America. And I think that's important if more companies would do that then we would have a lot of the a lot of the income of in inequality of people going it, it's really a matter of how much effort you want to put in do you really want to do you really want to raise yourself out of this do you really want to better yourself and those that do my experience is they really don't have any problem getting there uh it's this they've got to show the determination and the perseverance to to reach out and attack that and go for it once they acquire a skilled trade, their self-esteem goes way up, and uh, that's important. You know, and they see the importance of doing a good job. Well, that you know, that is important is doing mm-hmm. that. So, you know, self-esteem is just something that a lot of kids, unfortunately, today yeah. they just they lack. And um, I see a lot of people working really, really hard to provide them the avenue. You can't give somebody self-esteem, but you can provide them the avenue to develop it. They have to earn it. Yep. They can develop it and earn it and and move from there. 
Well, I tell you, you know, that's some great information that we've got. Um, I love the fact that y'all are getting working on those scholarships and everything and, and looking forward to what comes out and comes down the pike, especially with this trade commission, too. I mean, their trade agreement. And really like to see that go ahead and everything work out there and get to just in place and get take off. Well, Steve, you know, is there anything else that you'd like to hit on or uh, talk about or anything that before we get off and move on? Oh, I think that the critical issue that's facing us right now for the construction trades, and which includes uh, the Atlanta-based area, is uh, the need for skilled laborers. And to bring those people into the labor pool would be very helpful, gives a better... Uh, uh, ability to answer the needs of construction and also provides a platform for them, them to raise themselves up. Well, it's awesome. And, you know, I appreciate it. Do you have, uh, before we go, do you got phone numbers, websites? Uh, can you give any of that out that uh, where people might be able to copy it down and, and get in contact? Yeah, my website is www.splenterprises.com. SPLenterprises.com. Okay. Uh, And, you know, I encourage people to go to it, take a look at it, see what they might be able to develop out of it, and and move on from there. Well, I want to thank everybody for joining us on Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. Remember, you can join us live every Wednesday at 1130 in the morning, or you can listen to our show, including this one, anytime you'd like by going to businessradiox.com, clicking on the Gwinnett Studio, and then click on, of course, Case in Point. Join us next week at 11.30 when we will talk with other, some other business leaders about their businesses and related security issues in today's world. Thanks again to my guest, Stephen Letko, with, uh, as Counselor of the President with Wellbend Corporation. And for our producers, Mike and Trey, I'm Rick Strawn, and remember... At Paradigm Security Services, we cover more than just your assets.